Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. Broadcast from the car and a place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 412 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Sophia, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, that's Commander Edelweiss. Beep, beep, beep. The time sponsored by Accurist is 2033. We also have our staff liaison officer, Commander Psychic. Do people still call the speaking clock? I don't know. But I, I wonder if it still exists. I don't have a landline, so I wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> I don't have a landline either. I can't check. <laughs> Alec will have a landline. He's in the steam major still. I've got a landline. Uh, and that is, of course, uh, our apprentice stunt driver, Commander Alec Turner. Hello, everyone. I still haven't found an amusing way to sign in yet, but I will then. I need to get a catchphrase. Crashing in like Richard Hammond. <laughs> also joining us, now, <laughs> bear with me for this one, we have our guest, who is a hacker of hacker in chief, crew member RFVGYNH, or I maybe I should call him Mixoplicilic. Hello, Commander. How do we be? Dwight Schrude. There you go. Refugged. I don't know. It's down, up, down on the keyboard. It does sound as if you've had a, a cat roll on your keyboard, and that's your command name. That's pretty much it. And if you wish, you can join us live. Ben is heading towards Lave Station as we speak, and I do believe the Chris Mark IV and um, Commander Ventura are already at Lave Station. But if you can't get to us in-game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat, or go to twitch.tv slash laveradio, or go to Facebook, look up Lave Radio, or Twitter, look up Lave Radio, or even like and subscribe us on YouTube. I'm even doing finger guns as I said that, which is just wrong. Anyway, we will go around the crew and see what they've been up to for the last week or so. Uh, so let's let's hope we've got better news from Commander Psykid. No, 
know nothing. The, the NHS is incredibly slow. I don't know if we've mentioned this before. The NHS for um, for non life threatening um, situations is incredibly slow, and pains in hands on like new pains in hands aren't exactly life threatening. However, however, mm-hmm. I have an X ray tomorrow, and I have blood tests on Monday, so. Um, maybe in about a month's time, I might have some answers. Who knows? Um, uh, um, I'm, I'm, despite all of that, I'm relatively positive. I've been playing a lot of um, Overwatch, a lot of the new Overwatch. I'm really enjoying it. I know it's pretty divisive for some people, but I've been really enjoying, um, enjoying getting back into it and and that kind of thing. Still, still like doing a lot of fps in my spare time which feels better for my hand than playing with a hotesters um so i could move to like a feet only commander for a little bit but then it's all of the apex traveling and i'm sure you'd appreciate colin all that being in an adder um Mm. but um yeah it's a um it's a good um it I, i other than that i haven't really really been doing much we've been looking at kitchen stuff um like house stuff um but nothing super exciting but i have been doing stuff for psychic house your abysmal which i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil but i'm very excited about that being a thing <laughs> um yeah but that that's about it just busy busy like resting i think it's, it's only fair that you should rest um okay ben what have you been up to? Yeah, last week I was away doing family stuff and things like that, and that all went that all that was all fine and dandy. Uh, and then I, I returned back to reality and got a little prick in one arm. And then I was told they're doing a buy one get one free, and I got a little prick in the other other arm, other arm as well um, by some lovely gentleman uh, offering me both COVID and the flu jab. So you know. Yay, I guess. Did did your arms work much after that for a day or so? My arms seem to be fine. If I do something stupid like punch myself where I got injected on my COVID arm, then I was like, that that hurts. I shouldn't do that. But apart from that, it's fine. That's nice to know. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Otherwise, game-wise, been uh, playing some Elite. I was doing some Warzones the other day. Um in, yeah, it turned out well. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good for you and I, just not so good for uh, not not so not so good for uh, Sir Canadian. Yes, yeah. that was that. Yeah, um, there was uh, quite a few problems with the uh, <laughs> with the networking with, with the networking. Uh, and then in in the other space game, I've been collecting various spooky masks by going around various spooky places and. And fun things like that, but that's been, that's been well, it's been fun, sort of going off exploring, looking for looking for spooky things. So well, basically, you've turned into uh, Scooby Doo, effectively. It's essentially, yeah. I mean, I've got a, I've got a lovely. So you know, in Elite, how we've got the snowman helmet. Yes. So in in the other space, in well, in the other space game in inverted commas, I've got a helmet which basically looks like I've got a parasite growing out of my. Out of my helmet, where my eye should be. Oh, that sounds um, lovely. It's absolutely charming. Um, I've got and a couple of horror horror masks and a aggressive looking alien kind of mask. 
Um, but you know that that's that's fun and and if it were a real game and things didn't get wiped every couple of months, then they would be mine to keep. But as it is, they may or may not be mine to keep, depending on how they're. We're we're not going to wipe and delete everything on us. Gov goes. Yeah, I remember that, and that happened yeah. in Elite. <laughs> yeah, so we'll not see how that all plays. You know, they say they're not going to delete these special masks that you go and look for, but as with everything in development these days, I will believe it when I see it. Fair enough. Uh, okay, Alec. I've um, I've fixed my underfloor heating by swapping two wires around, so I'm feeling quite smug about that. Although equally annoyed that the guy that was I paid an awful lot of money to wired it up the wrong way around. Um, in game, I <laughs> I am still at this planet eight thousand light years from the bubble with this marvelous ice wall. I don't know if people have seen this, but um, yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, this guy Mar Dante Solo has found this fantastic ice wall. He did. Someone described it as um, ice Mordor, which is a brilliant, brilliant description. Mm-hmm. If you imagine how Mordor is depicted on the on the Middle Earth maps. This slightly, I you got the th- the three those three barriers basically. The three well, I always found it slightly unbelievable, really, because it doesn't look very organic. It's like a sort of square box in the top right hand corner, and the entire land is surrounded by these sort of natural mountains that wall it in. But it always looked a mm. bit rectangular for my liking. Anyway, um, this guy's discovered this fantastic ice formation, which is about uh, fifty kilometers across. I think it's slightly wider than it is tall big ice wall all the way around it which you can just about drive along the top of and i have been mapping out a rally course i was gonna say this is sounding like a new pomastrid challenge kind of idea isn't it exactly so it's a very different sort of challenge but um i've managed to fun enough using the srv tracker tool we spoke about a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. i've been marking waypoints for a nice rally circuit all the way around the inside of this wall which i just finished today and it's fab and you can well, I can drive around it in about 40 minutes, so it's quite a biggie. It's a 100-kilometer lap. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure if I can persuade anyone to travel 8,000 light years to come and race with, <laughs> race with me, but it's still a good fun. Um, and other than that, I've been trying to get involved in stellar screenshots, but it's very difficult when you're in a very pretty, well-lit, icy planet in a pink SRV. But I've I've managed to carve an SRV using SRV tire tracks. so. Um, not an, a pumpkin. <laughs> yes, and all of a sudden, I can, I, I've got a strange feeling that a lot of people are going to start their own competition to drive uh, to make their own shapes now. I hope so. SRV tire track art is seriously underrated. Yeah, I know, but I we we know some of the people in the elite dangerous community, and um, I'm sure it'll all be tasteful and artistic. Really? I'm expecting everyone to draw cocks and balls, but there you go. I was being subtle about that, but never mind. I thought I'd break the ice. Who's drawing an SRV route? Nothing subtle. It's beautiful. It's artwork. Is that what the SRV route's going to be? You've got to follow this. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> cock it's like balls. drawing the dots. You don't know what it's going to be until you've drawn it, and then you regret drawing it. <laughs> it's always the cock and balls. Let's face it, if it's good enough for the Mars rover, it's good enough for us. Are you telling me someone's done that to the Mars rover? Did you not see that? I knew that the the American Air Force and the RAF are currently in a competition to see who can do the biggest one in the sky. (laughs) Using the, you know, 
tail using smoke in the smoke from the back of the fighter jets. So <laughs> even though they've been told not to, they keep on doing it apparently. And that's killed that conversation. Anything else you've been up to lately, Alec? No, that's it. Just pottering around Ice Mordor for a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Well, let's see what have I been up to. Uh, we've had a little bit of... Uh, well, obviously, I've been playing a lot of Elite Dangerous over the weekend. Thanks for everybody joining me on the streams. And, um, yeah, we had a little bit of a, a, a hoo-ha last night trying to do combat zones, which was certainly fun. Um, but I've been actually really getting into the retro. I've been playing Frontier First Encounters, and then I had this horrible epiphany, which I've run past everybody in the forums, that the fact that due to the fact in the old game, um, your commander, it started in 2250, um, you, when you make a jump, you lost a week in real time, and there's some debate to whether or not you lose a week, whether or not you're flying to the ship, to to the base or not. And it just worked out that um, that would mean that the commander who started in Frontier First Encounters, in their physical age, they'd only be 36 about now, just due to all the time dilation, and that just really blew my mind. So I'm now in a. I'm now putting a, a, a bit of time aside to play Frontier First Encounters to see whether or not I can get play it for long enough so that I'm in 3308 in that game, which is the same time period which this game's supposed to be set. I like it. I saw somebody suggesting that the was it called the Dreamer, the Star Dreamer? Yeah, the Star Dreamer. That it only it only made it you feel like time hadn't passed but that physically it had is there any validity to that claim well you see this is the thing it, it was a little bit of um it was a bit of jiggery pokery to you know to get the to, to make sure you weren't there for days waiting for was it, was it hand waving was was there not a proper scientific proof to go with it there wasn't a proper scientific proof ah. um some of the unofficial f- uh, fiction had you basically being put into frozen uh frozen um but uh, other people have said, no, it, it's like this sort of hypnotic state that you enter, that you only wake up from. But even then, uh, with the use of um, progenitor cells and, and the advanced technology, your character that, that you started then would probably be about 90. And that seems to be about middle age for Elite Dangerous. Anyway, it's amazing what keeps you up at night when you think about these things. Right, we shall... Well, we shall introduce our, our guest. Um, oh, this is going to be fun. Which sounds like somebody's saying something backwards. Do you, have you watched Twin, Speak, uh, Twin Peaks at all? Because it certainly feels like it. How have you been for the last week or so? I've been great. You know, mentioning this Elite Dangerous stuff you've been doing, I haven't played since uh, just before the Proteus wave. I was wondering, I was docked on uh, the Musashi, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that ship still there? Is all my stuff gone? Have I been obliterated? Uh, actually, I don't I think kids might not be there anymore, is it? Oh, hang on. Is that which one was that? Was that the one in the H? Hip that was the one that was in HIP for two, HIP two two four six zero. 
Well, it's just, I think I just turned in my combat bonds or whatever, and then maybe logged off. Well, well, what will ha- have happened? You will probably wake up next to the wreck of the ship, and good luck dealing with the Thargoids. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> if, if I'm still alive, am I going to be able to get out of there? You uh, should be okay if you're fast. I, I have a, um, a chieftain, but it's a terrible jump range, so I'm, I'm wondering how many jumps it's going to take me to get out of that out of their range. Oh, well, that'll be interesting. Um, as long as you jump out of the system, I think that'll be fine. Well, other than that, I've been, I just got into uh, Skate from Tarkov with a friend, and I am absolutely terrible at that. Be fun, though. Yeah, I've heard good things about that. I don't, I've not play, I don't think I've played that one, but I've heard good things about it. Escape from what? Tarkov. Escape from Tarkov. Have you not, not yeah, heard of it? It's good. Uh, no, I haven't, actually. Oh. I'm googling as. Oh, hang on! It's a realistic online for. Uh, yeah, online yeah, it's not for you, Colin. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely not for you. But it is one of the. It's like a looter shooter PVEVP, um, uh, kind of, um, kind of thing. You go in, you loot as much as you can. You get to a um, uh, extraction point. You extract. You go back in. You can go in as a team. You can go in as a single player. Um, you have, um, there's no, there's not a lot of like on screen, um, on screen indicators of people as well. It gives it, it gives it a bit more realism. Um, uh, I, I, it's fun to watch, but it, it's, it's, it's clearly a very high skill game. As soon as you said looter shooter, I thought, oh, okay, right, fine. Okay. I'll leave you to it. But I mean, it's more—it's more realistic than say Borderlands, which is what I would call. But Borderlands to me is like the ultimate looter shooter, but it's not like that at all, really. Yeah, there's big consequences if you die. You you actually lose all of your stuff. Yeah. But so makes you know, firefights pretty intense. Yep. Let's talk about development news. So, what has been happening this week? Well, <laughs> there's not been much because they've been uh, as they have been telling us uh, they are getting ready for the November update. Uh, on Wednesday the 5th, we had Frameshift Live number 18 with uh, Bruce and Arf. And um, on top of the usual malarkey, we also had uh, Tom, one of the... Uh, what's Tom's title again? Senior designer, I believe. There we go, senior designer. Um, and he was discussing, or basically telling us... Um, it took us through the the creation. What was involved with the creation of the online? Uh, sorry, the on foot tutorial, which um, you know I thought it was quite interesting. Where you know if you decided to go off the beaten track, they'd have people nagging you in your ear to to come out and do something else. Um, yeah, um, I found that one quite good. Uh, there was the usual um, stuff about Stella's screenshots and, you know, the going over the news and, of course, new Twitch drops that uh, they they have to repeat all the time. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I did see the usual complaints about the fact, oh, are you going to play the game now? And I'm there thinking, you, you lot want unwanted devs and insight and looking into how the sausage was made. And now that you've got that, you want to go back to the old way? No, I think I prefer this. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was chaos. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was utter chaos um, until 
they um, they started Tom's interview because Tom's interview was clearly pre-recorded and Arthur had nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> and Tom's interview, um, very much like Darren, I could listen to Tom talk about Elite Dangerous for hours. I'm in a very lucky position to say that I have listened to Tom talk um, and Darren talk about Elite Dangerous for hours. And it is just as, they are just as passionate as, um, IRL as they come across on the Friendship live streams, it's fantastic. What did you think to the uh, the scratch pad program that he he was demonstrating as well? Because there was, I, I just caught bits of, and I saw I saw a scratch pad and basically some coding with some elite dangerous ships on it, and I, I thought, oh, hang on, but but I had to, I haven't been able to catch up with that bit yet. Yeah, so basically that was like a um a. a an integration with with schools kind of thing or like a learning a learning thing that they were doing please correct me if i'm wrong anyone else jump in um but they they created they created this program using assets that somebody else had that like fan made assets of these top down pixelated chips and of like a very simple side scroller shooty shooty game could be made using those assets and everything it looked really cool I tried to teach my son how to use how to program using that thing, but uh, um, yeah, less said about that attempt, the better. <laughs> um, ben, what did you think to the discovery scanner? Uh, sorry, the frame shift, I'd rather. I was looking after children at the time. Ah, fair enough. Uh, Alec, I loved it. <laughs> frame shift line, I really liked it. I thought Tom's um, interview was 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 brilliant. What I what I really like about stuff like that is. So often, I think we, particularly if you you get sucked into, you know, these worlds of the forums and things, it's it's so easy to sort of think, oh, why don't why don't they just do this or why don't they just do that and all these you know little things that seem so easy, and to hear Tom talk in such detail about something as relatively simple as a tutorial, you know, let alone the complexities of the actual live game, I just find it a really good reminder of of just how much goes into it you know talking about sight lines of things and talking about not revealing the srv too soon and presenting things in the right order and making sure the panel drops off and that's just fascinating and i think it, it really it's a really valuable thing for these live streams to do to just remind us just how much detail is in the game and just how much stuff they have put in the game and you know I think it's really important, actually, to be reminded of these things. Well, I think we'll uh, move on from there to the uh, the Discovery Scanner. That came out on Monday. Uh, they have mentioned that they know issue, they, there is now a known issue around the combat bonds not being counted properly in multi-crew sessions, so the, they wanted us to be aware of that. They also wanted us to be aware of the very... There'll be... Uh, a postponement of the very sarcastic uh, Galnet News Roundup that they do. This is mostly due to Paul being away on holiday for the month, uh, and apparently no one can match his wit and biting sarcasm uh, well enough to, to write the news. Does anyone else find it suspicious that Paul goes on on holiday just in the run-up to Halloween? Oh well, yeah, he, d- he has to do his annual pro- poker mission to make sure that his phylactery is still in the same place. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but apart from that, there was some talk about the CG, which I, I guess we could. Um... <laughs> Has that CG we actually completed yet? Because I, I thought 
I thought about joining in, but uh... no, it's still going. It's still going. You can sit. Um, it when I checked um in Nara earlier, it said um like eighty one, a prediction of like eighty one percent complete. It was a it was a rather hefty goal, so eighty one is still pretty good. The thing about that CG is that you've got to get in the top seventy five percent in order to. Uh, get the the reward, which in this case is an an extra capacity heatsink. Which, when you're fighting Thargoids, those things are quite useful. Um, the I think it does feel to me like a it's like the qualify session in uh, in the F1. <laughs> Basically, you've got to get you've got to get to the seventy five percent, and I think I'd start too late to be able to to get up and get it. So, <laughs> um. Oh yes, they are now going to introduce stellar scream shots. <laughs> See what they did there? Uh, yeah. So uh, if you manage to come up with a spooky picture, you will get a different type of uh, of um, a paint job, which looks like a pumpkin on your asp, which <laughs> probably sounds a lot ruder than I actually meant it to be. Um, and speaking of spooky, um, they have decided that there's going to be a Halloween special. Uh, this will be the live stream on Thursday, the twentieth of October, between four and six, uh, which will be uh, uh, available. Well, when they'll be doing it, it will include special spooky Twitch drops, themed in-game prizes, and community games. So, um, get your scare on for that, I guess. I can't think of anything funny to say about that. Did you, say, did you say that you were getting either either skin in for the screenshot stuff? Because you, you're getting both, just to clarify. Oh, you get both? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, okay, so you get your standard ASP prize and you get the other ASP prize. Mm-hmm. The really cool one, which is like a pumpkin. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen so many screenshots going on Twitter. <laughs> oh, dear, does, does somebody actually want it then? It's almost as if these are sought after. <laughs> well, that'll be fun for Paul when he gets back, won't it? <laughs> anyway, by the time we get the screen, by the time we get the, um, <laughs> the the pumpkin skins, it'll be too late to deploy them. It'll be like November, and everyone will be into fireworks. We'll have to save them till next year. Yeah. Well, um, oh yeah, and they did mention that um, as a new season is upon us. There are new Twitch drops. Um, so, yay. Now, uh, just quickly, we'll go through the in-game events which have been happening this week. Now, this is quite an eventful week. Um, Operation uh, Tynaris reacts to the Thargoid fleet. Basically, um, the Thargoid fleet has been has retreated for the moment and I guess we're waiting for the next one um, there was also defeat for the true chapters in the CG between um, uh, the cult of the far god and the federation not really much of a surprise there um, the uh, the far god's megaship is now under federal control and the other two megaships they controlled have both run away in fact, I don't even know where they are at the moment. Um, Azimuth have claimed that they can help D2. Now, last week, you'll recall, we, we got breaking news that D2 had um, gatecrashed the the Aegis conference. Uh, and basically, the uh, uh, 
Professor oh, Trevor. I've, I've lost her name again. That's right. That's the one. Uh, she has taken a D2 under her wing and uh, under put her under her protection, uh, even though Azimuth are claiming that they're the only ones that can help her. Uh, mm. Now, something interesting happened on Friday. Uh, there were two more Stargoids detected. Um, there does appear to be uh, a vast amount more memes of a fictional emperor has now appeared on the extranet. Uh, however, the existing current three um, Thargoids, uh, Stargoids seem to be, if they keep their present course and speed, two of those will intersect at um, Sol in 60 days. So, um, yes, looks like... Um, they're coming in. Did we get the name of the pilot who managed to detect the two new star guides? There is a tweet. Yeah. By all means, though, talk amongst yourselves because you're <laughs> dead air. <laughs> we were just holding on for anticipation. Well, while, while Psychic does the exciting thing of looking up Google while broadcasting, um, on the 10th of October, Vice President or Shadow President Winters, has now condemned the oppression of the Thargoid cult, saying that these people needed to be investigated to see whether they were actually doing what uh, uh, the government was claiming they were doing, i.e. handing classified information to foreign, to, to the Thargoids, and, they want, and she wants to see what, um, uh, what evidence they actually have got, because it seems like they're a very convenient scapegoat. Uh, it's Commander Mercury spotted uh, that there are now five excess signals using the new, obviously, they must be the new FSS uh, scanner settings came into came into play for that. just wanted to ask, actually, on the new FSS. S? <laughs> um, is there, have there, you know, after a week or, or so now, have identifiable changes been spotted? Is it? I know what the change is. Well, apparently, um, you can detect the Thargoids from anywhere, these Thargoids from anywhere. And someone's worked out there's actually five of them by the fact that he was getting five different signals across the FSS. Okay. Do we think they've just kind of boosted it a little bit so it's a bit more noticeable and doesn't sound like there's a key change as such, but, a, but a, you know, maybe a bit more noticeable? I've mean, yet to actually investigate how you use the FSS to do this, so yeah, it, it, it's it's my homework. <laughs> um, yeah, Winters had condemned the oppression of the Thargoid cult. Um, she thinks that it's just Hudson uh, taking advantage of uh, uh, of a, a religious group that he can uh, basically oppress and and feel good about himself. Uh, and finally, today, surprisingly enough, subject D. Two uh, rejected Azimuth's offer for medical assistance. Um, Azimuth have, have claimed that only they know how to how to fix her. Uh, however, however, the professor herself has turned around and said, "Well, actually, she's got extensive wetware wetware cybernetics into her uh, wired into her brain at the moment, and uh, they're investigating uh, those that wetware with uh, her permission." D2's permission. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Um so that's quite an interesting uh week. Psychic, have you got any thoughts on what's been happening? I really enjoyed today's. 
today's was really cool. There was there's like um really it's it's not super subtle because um we 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 pick up on stuff now especially with with Galnet we pour through these and try and pick up like little bits and pieces but it's really really telling in the language that um Tessera uses when talking about Sojourne then um then the um opinions of uh I want to say Raidenbacker or Torden, but one of the two, the, 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 the Azimuth lad who's next on my list, um, <laughs> he, he will, he will constantly, uh, Torben Raidmaker, um, uh, or Radamaka, whatever way you want to pronounce it, he, um, doesn't, he, I've never seen him refer to, um, Subject D2 as Sojourner. It is, um, always D2. Yeah, so it's she, a catalogue. She, she is always an asset. To them they're not looking at the person and i think it's a really really nice way to throw in um hey remember how azimuth was saying we're not all the bad guys hey this lad here still not but not particularly nice and doesn't doesn't really value human life and i quite like i i like the way that they're they're certainly throwing that in there yeah um <laughs> i think we'll be hearing a lot more of him in the more uh uh, as things go forward um i did find it quite chilling to say she knows what's coming and there's not much we're going to be able to do about it which that was um mm, is ominous with the star guys coming down alec yeah sorry just slight sidetrack because with them psychic's description of that last article these articles are really well written aren't they do we mm-hmm. do we know who um whether there's like one person at Frontier that writes Galnet or it's mostly Hannah from from the stuff that she w- she's been saying before um she she um has a hold on like a lot of the real time stuff that goes mm-hmm. out i i should imagine i should imagine that it's a, it's a group that works on like the the overall branching story arcs and how things would change depending on player interactivity, all of those um those little nuances. Yeah. But um I, I think I believe that um from the from one of the one of the interviews they've done with Hannah and Ben together, Hannah has said that she she deals mostly with the um with the Gownet articles. It's great, isn't it? It's brilliant storytelling. And I, and I was really struck. It, it suddenly occurred to me, it, it's sort of gone full circle. I don't know if people remember five odd years ago when Galnet used to include sort of things from the community. Yeah. Um, give us little plugs for buckyball races and things. And obviously someone has to read that and approve it. And I guess it had to be translated. And it seemed quite you know, when Frontier said, I think it was one person at Frontier, and basically it was just too much work for them to do. And it, it's, I find it interesting that we've gone full circle, and clearly someone at Frontier is now pretty much got a full-time job writing this stuff. Um, I guess they just reprioritized it and decided this stuff's important and we need to throw resource at it. It's great. Keep it, keep at it, Frontier. We love it. I yeah, remember, I, uh, sorry, Colin, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead, second. I was going to say, I remember like years ago being this, or during the Galnet drought of whenever that was, um, around the time um, lots of people who didn't play Elite anymore signed a petition, that kind of thing. They, um, we had that big Galnet drought where we got no news, we got no um, no anything that were coming um that was no coming CGs through, or no CGs, like nothing like that, and mm. we had to we had to make our own entertainment, and that that nonsense happened. We did um, a big, 
I, I remember people being um, being in my streams and going, oh, I really miss Galnet. And me going, yeah, no, I'm not that bothered about it. I'm not, I, I, I can't really see it. I remember it, you saying that. If it comes back, I'm not that, I'm not that asked about it. I don't think it's going to be, um, it's going to be exciting. And oh my God, how happily wrong have I been <laughs> about that? Yeah, it was funny. Before it was taken away, the, the guy, um, Galnet was always seen as a kind of, uh, not that important um kind of interaction however that drought happened there was no galnet there was no thargoid uh interdiction well no thargoid um incursions and there were were there community goals i can't remember them actually being community goals either it was the closest elite dangerous has ever got to going full maintenance mode and yeah it, it was it was a tough time to be honest, especially if you're doing a uh, a show based on the content that comes out in it. <clears throat> Not mentioning anybody there. Yeah. Well, on top of that, we will then move on uh, because it is that time of the week again. Score alert! Does anybody out there like leaves, especially dead leaves? Well, yes, I like autumn. Yes, well, we now have three skins that reflect the season. We've got autumn amber, autumn garnet, and autumn or oh, goodness, carnelian. Yep, you're right. Was I? Wow. <laughs> yeah, those can hey, listen to that. That's the first one I've tried first and got right first. Um, carnelian skins for the anaconda asp and cobra uh, i must admit i'm not that happy with i'm not a fan of the amber ones but i must admit i do like the garnet ones garnet. anybody else Which one's the garnet one? i just think they're beautiful uh the garnet one is the uh the one on the anaconda and the, on oh the, yeah on the that's, that's lovely i like that yeah so yeah, yeah it'd be the, the ready one the ready one that that would be the um carnelian you know, the one with the autumnal colours, that one, that one's really yeah. nice. I really like that one. So, yeah, they're available in the in the store at the moment. Are these the, what are the, what are the new ones that they're giving away with the Twitch drops? They're, they're very not... similar, but slightly different colours. Okay. <laughs> okay. As per usual, they're like <laughs> the, the same ones before. Is is that like um, getting a golden asp with a, a next to it, a gold asp? <laughs> And a goldish asp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, looking very, uh, they're looking very nice actually. Uh, I am tempted with maybe one of them, uh, but um, yeah. So I think moving on from the store alert, what we'll do is we will take our usual ad break and then come back with our main discussion topics. Live radio transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. We all know what it's like. You're busy managing your settlement when suddenly the alarms go off. Oh no, not again. 
That's right, a commander with a Federation naval rank of Admiral, an Imperial King no less, has landed in a ship worth over 100 million credits and is killing all your staff, while they look around for a 10 credit adhesive to glue an upgraded scope to their 100,000 credit assault rifle. They fly away with their super glue and you're left with a problem. How are you going to get your agricultural plant back up and running? How am I going to get my plant up and running? How are you going to find staff at short notice? How am I going to find staff at short notice? How are you going to deal with all those bodies? There's bodies everywhere. And they've stained the carpet. Wonder no longer. Call Ari's Crime Scene Cleanup Services. Hello, I'm Harry. Prairie's mine. After a sudden increase in robberies and murders by commanders since 3307, I've gained valuable expertise in cleaning up bodies, recruiting new staff and restocking stationary lockers. Now you can benefit from my experience by signing up to our Crime Scene Cleanup Service subscription plan. That's right. For only a small monthly fee, when your settlement alarms are activated, our rapid response cleanup crew will be dispatched, along with our patented Cadaver Scoop 150. The Cadaver Scoop 150 can be mounted to surface reconnaissance vehicles and skimmers to make tidying up your settlement a breeze. Wow, the bodies are gone. Our recruitment team has potential new employees on standby across the galaxy, ready to fill your vacant roles in security, logistics, administration, processing, and more. My plant's operational again. Thanks, Aries Crime Scenes Cleanup Services. Aries Crime Scene Cleanup Services. We'll have your settlement as good as new before the next ship arrives. Cadaver Scoop 150 disposal bags sold separately. Are you thinking of suing over missold Python protection insurance? Had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay and thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. I tried to take my ship commander to court for making fertilizer out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing, and now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watt and Brittany, we take small print very seriously. We have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs. I wanted a simple, no-win, no-fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Brittany, and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel. At Watt and Brittany, we have a saying. If you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No, you can't, because we have a massive team of lawyers and you're just someone who works for a living. What and Brittany? Don't even think about it. And welcome back. Um, we do uh, apologise for any uh, bad taste when we're advertising for a cleanup service while members of our crew are actually involved in a whole lot of murdering even as the advert was playing. <clears throat> hey, these 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 guys, they've got bounties on them, therefore they're, 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 we're not the bad guys. Well, that's what I told myself when I was doing base raids, because basically I was going through a, an agricultural base the other day, uh, and then every single security locker was full of push. And I thought, <laughs> this isn't an agricultural base, this is like a yeah, cannabis we, farm. We, we know what agricultural things they're selling. 
Yes. So all of a sudden, mm. I went from I went from guilt guilt ridden commander to righteous indignation drug smuggling killer. So you know, I I I felt justified. I felt like Robocop in yeah. when he raids when he raids the drug den. So did I hear bacon roll involved with the the cadaver? I heard bacon rolls and cadavers. Yes. Yeah. Is that? Are we talking kind of? recycling in some way chris it would be a way of getting the agricultural plant back up and running if you were to compost uh, it's not sweeney sweeney's todd's Uh, agricultural plant is it yeah there was there was there was no talk of bacon in the advert i I can confirm there's no bacon in the advert well uh, then both ventura and ben have got something on their mind at the moment (laughs) (laughs) oh dear yes Thanks, Mac Winston. Long pork has been mentioned. <laughs> oh, this has gone very dark very quickly. So um, we've got two subjects uh, to talk about today. Um, obviously, the main reason we have uh, Commander uh, Commander Dwight on the on the podcast today is to talk a bit about his uh, mini launcher. Uh, basically, effectively, what it does, and uh, how how you can set it up to take advantage of its facilities. Um, now, the one thing that we should say about this, we'll prefix uh, uh, it before we go into it. This mini launcher is basically use at your own risk. If something goes wrong, um, then there's nothing that uh, if you put in a support ticket. Frontier will probably say, "Well, were you using this?" And if you say yes, then They'll probably shrug their shoulders and said, "Well, that one's a use at your own risk." Mm. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. something to be aware of when we do when we we discuss this. So, uh, Commander Dwight, welcome again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and just to, to yeah. add on to that, there's a um, if you go to the GitHub page, uh, there's an issues tab and a discussions tab. So, if you do run into issues. Um, you know, don't don't open a, a support ticket with Frontier. You know, just do it on GitHub, and you know I can deal with the fallout of the uh, the poor code I've written. <laughs> so, um, just quickly uh, take us through what the uh, mini ED launcher does. Yeah, so I, it was born out of um, long startup times with the uh, you know the vanilla launcher. I I think it was this extra slow. I'm, I'm a Linux user. Uh, that's my daily driver. I game on Linux, and I think it was extra slow on, on Linux. So um, I kind of just uh, decided, well, thing can't do too much. Um, maybe I can uh, help help myself out and uh, build a, a a skeleton of a, a project and get myself into the game faster. Um, and from there, you know, it it, it turned into. Um, a somewhat featureful program. Um, people would people found it. I, I made a, a single post about it on on Reddit um, in case anyone wanted to make use of uh, the code I'd written. And from there, um, people would kind of create uh, feature requests and that that sort of thing. Um, and it turned into I don't know a decent sized program. But how long ago did you start actually writing this then? Um, I want to say it's been around for. At least 2020, maybe right before uh, the pandemic started, I, I started working on it. Okay. Uh, and then during the pandemic, I had plenty of time to, to <laughs> hack away at it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm guessing you're a coder, coder by day or something like that as well. Yep, yep, that's the yeah. the day job. 
Are, are you using the unofficial hack to get um, Elite Dangerous running on Linux then? Um, so it actually, I just play it through Steam. Um, Steam oh, right. you know, has a, what's called Proton, and it's a compatibility layer that allows me to basically run any game, you know, any Windows game I want, except for except for the ones that have uh, anti-cheat. Excellent. So, I, I wanted to keep talking, well, can we talk about game uh, Odyssey and things like that on Linux? Because I'm interested in about that thing if we sort of saturate into that. Is that okay, Colin? Yeah, it's fine. So, I mean, have, okay, so have you actually been doing running Odyssey on Linux, and how are you finding that? Actually, I haven't. I don't own Odyssey. Um, I have. I tested out um, Horizons 4.0, uh, which is, right. you know, all the Odyssey game files, um, you know, just to, just to see what sort of frame rate I got. Um, but I haven't actually you know, looked into it. You've not, you've not taken the jump over to Odyssey. Right. I mean, how do you, because from what I understand about Proton, it's, it's, What's the differences between Proton and Wine then? Um, it's essentially Wine with essentially a fork of Wine with uh, Valve's um, special special touch on it. Um, just game right. game specific tweaks uh, to make to make things run well. Uh, you know that's how I imagine the the Steam Deck has been in in planning for a long time, and you know, for them to get that to work, uh, they had to to make sure the games run right. So um, that's just, it's Wine with um, Little sugar on top, <laughs> right? Because I mean, it's something. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. Oh, I would like to be a Linux person. I, I'd like to be anything but a Windows person, basically. Um, but various. Yeah, after after realizing that my Mac or my Linux box was just spending ninety percent of its time booted into Windows, I kind of gave up the ghost. But I would love to do. All of my gaming. I'd love to be able to run Linux as a daily driver for gaming. Um, yeah, and you know the. So for the most part, you know all games work really well. Sometimes there's a few tweaks you have to do. Uh, there's a site called mm-hmm. ProtonDB.com. Uh, you just look up your game, and it. You know, there's it's a uh, community-driven site. Um, what works as for with people, all things as with all things Linux. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's it's, it's kind of hard to make that jump. You know you stick with one OS, you know, for however long. That's how you learn to use computers. And then yeah. I want to try something else, and it's quite a bit different. Um, it takes a, a large amount of effort and just to stick it out and kind of just get used to something different, even if it all works perfect. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about the development then of Mini-D Launcher? So you know, obviously you, you did it as a way of the the... The real Elite Launcher is basically it's a web a web page, well, a series of web pages wrapped around links and some kind of updating system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm guessing. Um, yeah, so it's it's got an embedded so, web browser in it. Um, yeah, and I'm assuming that that and loading up all that is what was taking. It's an it's an extra layer of stuff I do not need to do when you're already. Pushing your system a little bit more than maybe you should have to. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it uh, and hence your original impetus. That uses um, a really old version of Internet Explorer as well. So, um, oh geez, yeah, it's, it's you know it's a it's an extra layer, like you said. Um, and then on top of that, you know, there's a few things to interact with the file system to make sure your game files are up to date and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But on on my end, I actually well, there were two reasons I I started this. You know, it was. Know, to make make my life easier playing elite, but I also wanted to 
um, learn a new programming language. Um, so, uh, so what language is it written in then? Yeah, so it's written in F sharp. Um, that's a, a functional programming language, a part of the .NET ecosystem. Um, the vanilla okay. launcher is written in C sharp. So, you know, not way different than than uh, the vanilla launcher, but um, mm. yeah. So I, I kind of killed two birds with one stone there, um, and that's also why if any is F sharp, F -sharp is is that related to Fortran or is it something else? No, oh, no, it's it's completely different. It's actually based okay. on a programming language called OCaml, which is pretty old. But uh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. So any F sharp developers out there listening to this, you look at the code and you might scream. Shout out to them. So that's because it's all—it was all brand new to me at the time. Yeah, as with as with all of these things, it's like, oh, please don't look at the code that I wrote ages ago. Right, exactly. Yeah, I hear that. So, okay, so how did you learn about the calls that the Elite Dangerous launcher was making and things like that? Um, yeah, so I was basically just uh, watching my own web traffic. Um, right. I kind of locked into. Uh, I'm doing netstat or something. Oh, not netstat. Uh, no, what the hell? That's, uh, that's oh, a couple of tools called like Wireshark and um, Man in the Middle. Yeah, Wireshark, that's the one I'm thinking yeah. about. Yeah, so, you know, it, it doesn't make that many um, API calls, so it wasn't uh, that difficult. Like, it relatively easy to um, kind of duplicate what they were doing there. Um, and that plus just mm. a lot of trial and error. You know, so, like, I mean, yeah. Like I said, you know, it started out super basic just for my my needs. Uh, just Steam only. Um, didn't care about any game updates or anything like that. And I just wanted to get into the game quicker. Yeah. And now, obviously, you're doing updates, for example, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with actually the help I of the community. You. Um, yeah. You know, there's, so there's different licenses for the game. You know, there's a Frontier-specific license, you know, if you buy it through the Frontier store. Um, and then yes. After, I think it was like April 2019, maybe, if you buy it through Steam, it was a Steam-only license. But before that, you bought it on Steam, you got a Frontier license and a Steam key. Um, so, so the community kind of helped out with that, um, you know, because I only have the Steam license. So um, they kind of, I, I kind of provided maybe a little instruction on, on how to watch their own web traffic and then um, were able to fill in any gaps that I had. Um. I know that. I'm sorry. I'm just getting sidetracked by chats coming in through our Discord, but it's nothing. Um, so I, I was wondering if you were. Yeah. If you were. I, I, um, I'm just curious about. I mean, maybe I'm jumping the gun a bit, but about the the ability to launch um, effectively Horizons 4.0, I suppose, or, or or you know, instance with Horizons 4.0. Was was that just? Was that a deliberate feature, or was that just a happy coincidence that it turned out that's that's what it did? Um, so that was a, a deliberate feature. I actually um, okay. had no idea about it until someone created an issue um, saying, "Oh, it's actually the the actual game client, Elite Dangerous sixty four exe, um, supports launching Horizons four zero if you own Odyssey if you just pass in this single single parameter." Um, and it turns out that parameter comes from an API call. Um, uh, FDEV API. So they return. So basically, what happens is um, it makes a call to see what what um, authorized purchases you have, um, and it returns bits of information about that, um, including things like uh, the uh, where, where what directory uh, the game files exist in, and uh, the title that should show up in the launcher. And one of those is called server args. Um, 
So when you make a when you make that call, it returns a JSON um, object, and it includes that season two argument. Um, I, the code I had already written um, already handled that server args um, property piece of data. Uh, so it was actually really easy for me to add it in because um, it was already being included by by uh, Frontier uh, API call. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean it's it is it it is as we all suspected very much a case of it's being deliberately left out of the standard Elite Dangerous launches for Odyssey. Right. Yeah. So um, that when you're when you go to add it in for the, the, the mini D launcher, you know, there's that additional products JSON blob you have yeah. to add into the config. That's actual that's like the actual response um, from an API call that you get. Yeah, that that's the JSON object that you're passing in basically. Yeah, if if they don't block it, you know, if you're a just a horizons owner, that's what gets returned automatically. Um, so it's basically mm-hmm. just a copy paste type thing. Yeah. And have have you I, I, you were talking about licensing, and I know obviously you're talking about you know this is stuff that I have licenses taught for. But have you had any feedback one way or the other about licensing in terms of service and things like that using Mini D Launcher, regardless of using it to bypass this whole Odyssey users can't use EDH for? No, I haven't. You know, I haven't actually heard of you know got a response from. Um, anything about that? You've not heard anything one way or the other from Frontier right. about it. Yeah, for the um, whole two, I mean, I know two it's years. Been a, so um, I haven't heard. Yeah, anything official from those guys. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess the, there's another very important thing that I, I guess I have to ask. Obviously, is you know people are entering their usernames and passwords to elite to your application. Yeah. Which How are you scary, right? taking care of our details? Yeah. So. And how 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 do we know that you're not collecting? Aha! Ben's user details is this, and so on. Exactly. So um, when you use the the frontier flag, um, saying I, I want yeah. to use my frontier license to log in. Um, so that's that's actually the only time you you type in your username and password. If you're if you're using Steam or Epic, um, it uses the clients themselves. Uh, to create authentication tokens, so there's no username and password um, involved there. Okay, so it's it's technically you're technically safer using Steam or Epic, then I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it, it works the exact same for the vanilla launcher. Um, so if if it detects you're using Steam or Epic, um, it'll it'll use the the provided uh, APIs for that. But if it detects you're using, you want to use a Frontier license, you know, it'll ask for your username, ask for your password, and then what happens is um, on Windows, uh, it uses what's uh, a Windows API called DP API. I don't actually know what that stands for, but uh, it's just a way to uh, encrypt data um, on your machine. Um, so mm-hmm. you'll find in your app data folder, there's a, a .cred file, cred, credential, um, and inside that, yes. there's a few lines, um, which is machine token, uh, your password, and I think your username. It's been a while since I looked at that, but um, all that stuff's encrypted on, on Windows the exact same way the vanilla launcher does it. Um, and then on, on Linux, what it does is it doesn't encrypt it, but it, it sets it to user-only, uh, user-read-only. Um, so mm-hmm. it's only accessible to the user that created it and the, and the root user. Um, 
In which case, if if someone gets root access to your machine, um, they can access you whatever. Kind of screwed, yeah, anyway. So, um, yeah. Then you have to trust that um, the the binaries that I've provided um, are the same ones that um, are built from the code that you can read. Um, so there's a little bit of trust there. Uh, you have to trust that I'm not doing something crazy with those, just like you have to trust that Frontier is handling your info properly. Um, Safely and securely, yeah. And then the alternative to that is you can you can download the code and compile it yourself. Um, actually, instructions in the readme for that, but I, I imagine that's a little um, too far for, for most users. Probably, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, you've been running this quite happily for quite a while, and it's it's only recently with the advent of Horizons 4 coming into being that it's gained notoriety, I suppose, is the way I would say it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I never... If, yeah. Uh, I say that, yeah, there were there were links in the, the official forums, and, you know, GitHub provides um, super rudimentary analytics on how people arrive to your mm. repository. Um, and I could just see that there was uh, a big spike in traffic uh, from the elite forums. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a demand. Yeah, yeah. Why would you say that demand exists? I have to imagine you know, some people are just upset with how things were handled, uh, whether it's the right way or the wrong way. You know, people have their have their ideas and <laughs> stick to them, and they think uh, someone should have done something one way or. There's a way to circumvent that. They're they're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I can I can see the benefit of running 3.8, for example. I can see the benefit for you know if I can see the benefit for a Odyssey user running 3.8 if their PC struggles with it with Odyssey, and I can see obviously why a 3.8 a Horizons user would want to run 3.8 uh, again if their PC is struggling. Um, can any of you guys think why a the thing I don't understand is why would a Horizons and an Odyssey user want to gather in Odyssey rather than Horizons? So I know from my experience, I have a buddy that has Odyssey, um, and yeah. I don't have it. So for us to instance together, he either has to he has to drop down to my three eight version. Um, and yeah, he's he he mostly prefers the graphics um, and the UI of Odyssey, um, and kind of he he's gotten used to the the new, the new UI as it were. Right, and at the time when we were playing together, I think there was an issue with keybinds um, getting reset when you went from Odyssey to Horizons or something like that. I, I don't remember what he was complaining about, but that was also a, a problem for him. So I. I have to imagine um, being able to instance together with people prefer Odyssey. Um, now they can, now they they can do that. Yeah, you've you've given them the option. Alec, you are wanting to say something. Mm, I was just going to say I thought the main reason why. So if you know if there's a an Odyssey player and a Horizons player and they want to play together, um, like you said, they could play three point eight. I think the obvious reason that they would want to play in Horizons 4.0. I, I guess we haven't exactly seen specifics of this. I mean, but if they want to partake in some of the new story content together, I mean, I guess the CGs that doesn't quite work because you can still, I'm, I'm assuming, run the latest CGs in 3.8. But if, for example, 
um, you know, when these stargoids show up, if there's non-Odyssey content that you can do in Horizons 4.0, that would be, an, you know, an example. Or if you just wanted to go to HIP 22460 and enjoy some aggressive Thargoid space combat together, then again, you, that's the sort of thing you can only do in Horizons 4.0. So that, that, that seems the obvious use case to me is to, you know, play with a Horizons player, but in the version of the game where the story is still being, you know, carried forward. Yeah, I mean, there is obviously a demand for this, which is, you know, people want to play together with the new content. Hmm. Um, I do feel maybe um, Frontier might be better off using a bigger carrot instead of a, a stick to stop people doing that, to try and get people to, to buy into Odyssey. I mean, I'm hoping that the November update, everybody's just going to go, oh, that's fantastic. Sod 4.0, I want to upgrade to Odyssey. I guess, but if they just want people to buy Odyssey, hmm. I, I almost don't understand why they gave released Horizons 4.0 at all. I mean... To let people who um, have Horizons didn't know whether or not their PC would be able to run it, give them the right. opportunities to try and running some of the... There's a lot of new software on planetary tech and um, on just, like, driving around in a Scorpion, for example, in um, in Horizons... Or, sorry, yeah. in Odyssey, that... It, it, um, a Horizons player trying 4.0 would have access to. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, on the benchmark sort of thing of, of testing it, I've seen a lot of people say that actually what really stresses Odyssey is the on-foot stuff, which you can't do in Horizons you're obviously You can't do in 4.0 yeah, anyway. Yeah, so I don't know how valid a, a you know... A, a Can you access the Odyssey bases in 4.0? Settlements, you mean? Yeah. Well, the places that Chris and I are going to to shoot people can you what happens if you go to them in 4.0 you know i don't know i assume you can land at them i assume you can get out in your shiny new scorpion and drive around can you see people can you You wouldn't be able to see people or shoot people because that's the peggy difference yeah you're right so so are they abandoned i imagine i imagine they're as abandoned as planetary bases are yeah because obviously you know you go to a planet you go to the horizons planetary bases and You've got some skimmers flying around, but nothing else, do you? Yeah, of course. No, you're right. Interesting. It'd be interesting to th- to see what everybody, uh, the Horizons 4.0 players, think of the of the way the uh, points of interest on planets are created now. Because, uh, yeah, that that I must admit that UI and the UI, um, the new uh, the new galaxy map and system map UIs that does take a little bit of getting used to but the thing that a learning process yeah the thing is that what I've found is that once I'm used to it I've now got a problem going back to (laughs) 3.8 which is a problem because when I want to play power play with um, uh, other members of the community uh, that means I've got to drop down to 3.8 and it's it's relearning (laughs) <laughs> I, I know it, it's only just a, a, a small UI, but it is a bit of a pain to sort of go. Oh, I've got to I forgot it works in this way in this version and vice versa. Um, yes, Colin. I'm sorry, uh, Ben. Do you want to do you want to carry on? Uh, well, I was going to say you armed you into something. Are you arming into something, or are you? No, are I'm, you, I'm, no? I'm basically caught. <laughs> okay, you're trapped. Yes. <laughs> Oh, one enough. thing I wanted to add. I mean, I have to. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to say, um, don't actually have to use 
the Mini D launcher to uh, launch Horizons 4.0 if you're an Odyssey owner. Um, you can can manually add Season 2 flag on your own um, if, if you were more comfortable with that. It's just a lot more cumbersome to do it that way. Um, if you were to open up Windows Task Manager um, after Elite's running and just kind of view the details of the Elite Danger 64 process, you'll see how, how exactly uh, Windows launched it. You'll see the JSON. Um, well, you'll see um, you know, the path to the executable, and then you'll see um, all the different flags that um, the vanilla launcher and, and my launcher adds to it in order to tell the client how to run properly. Um, so it'll include things like um, the language culture um, you want to use, um, whether you're using VR mode, um, an authentication token, things like that. Um, and and one of those things is that server args things that I mentioned earlier. Um, so if you just simply add the word season two um, and relaunch, you know, copy paste that, add season two and relaunch on the executable that way, um, you can you, you launch into to Horizons 4.0. Wow, that's fascinating. It never even occurred to me to look in Task Manager and just see the the launch arguments. Huh. Yeah, so that was that was one of the things I wanted to clarify when I posted on on the Frontier forums. Um, you know, you you don't have to use Mini Launcher to do any of this. Um, and you don't. You can still use Mini D Launcher and ignore um, the Horizons 4.0 stuff uh, if you if you like the features that it provides. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I've yeah, I I I started. I learned about your thing because I uh, it was just like okay, this is just a super crazy easy way for me to go off and create something in my taskbar that I can use to go into VR, and it's just so much easier. Just like okay, select, and it's like okay, I want to select Ben's main commander, and I want to play Odyssey in VR, and I've just got a little icon now in my taskbar that allows me to go off and do that. Right. Or if I want to play my altered VR, I click on that one, um, and I find that's I have admit, that's the main u- reason I've been using it. I, I yeah, I've not worried about the whole EDH thing. Um, I use it. To, I'm, I've been using it to get me whether I want to play VR or in Pancake Land, yep. and I just find having a collection of please go and launch this and go straight there and don't give a shit about anything else. So easy. Yeah, and you know, speaking to that, so there's additional flags you can run. Um, you know, so there's the auto run flag, uh, which the vanilla launcher supports, auto quit. Um, and then if you want to create a shortcut, say, to launch, um, this is before Odyssey came out. If you wanted to launch, uh, yeah. launch Horizons or the base game, you could use EDH or ED, um, or you can use EDH yes. for arena you could you could pass them as arguments into your shortcuts right. and when they released yeah. the odyssey alpha um they had a flag for edo um and when then when the game was fully released um i think it was just a copy paste error um and they changed it back to edh so it would confuse the <laughs> launcher if you had if you had a shortcut with edh now it, there's two items it could pick from um horizons and odyssey and it would just pick the first one so EH is now broken, um, and that that's one of the uh, the things that uh, is fixed in, in in my launcher. So hold on, so the current launcher's got problems going into Horizons. Um, the 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 real Frontier launcher, you right? Can... Yeah. So if you use the EDH flag, um, so this actually goes back to that um, JSON response I was talking about earlier. Um, one yeah. of those bits of data is called filter, um, and that's that's how the launcher knows. Uh, which which 
flag to use um, to automatically launch the game. Um, and they, they accidentally put in EDH instead of EDO. Uh, so I actually created a, um, a bug report for You've got it. a ticket um, for that. And unfortunately, not enough people <laughs> confirmed it, so it was closed. Um, so I, I, oh, no, it's not. Uh, okay. It's going to be uh, broken for a while. You might have to share and we'll... Because that sounds like it's an issue to me. Yeah, and you know, it, so it might have it's funny, to... the Horizons 4.0... I think also has a copy paste error. Their filter is ED, so oh. now it's conflicting with the base ED flag. Yeah, so I, I don't know what was going on there. Oh, I guess as long as so long as it all works, I guess that's what counts. And maybe. I have to imagine there aren't any people. We might have to take. Use. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I want to. Te- can we, we'll take this offline, yeah. and I want you to maybe talk me through replicating this because this sound. If this is this sounds like it's actually a real issue, and if it is, then maybe we can. Maybe we can use use something for good and try to fix the launcher. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, cool. um, <laughs> one thing I noticed that you're doing updates as well. Yeah, so that's am I correct? That's only if you're yeah. um, not using a Steam Epic um, account. Yeah, if you're using the Frontier launcher. Right, yeah, so it. Um, I guess also for Horizons 4.0, um, they don't distribute that through Steams or Epic CDN, so you actually have to opt into that. Which is uh, the force update um, setting in in the mini mini launcher? And I actually I have a post oh, about okay. that um, in the discussions tab. I I can throw that link in here too. How you actually enable all that? So, um, I, I've I've noticed you're you've got a flag in there for the number of, th- of threads in there. Now, I remember way back when we were doing the alpha. A friend of mine who was doing the alpha the the launcher back then was even slower and even worse than the current mm. one and it, it was it was really 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 painfully slow um and i know he went off and basically did something that it was like because uh, elite is basically distributed to us as a bunch of chunks right or is that um and you're saying okay get me chunk one get me chunk two get me chunk three Spawn that up for the number of threads you've got, and the the original launcher was maybe only doing it one or two threads at a time, and it was painful. And he went off and basically did a launcher that would go off and give us like a hundred threads, and instead of it taking like three four hours to download an update, it would get it done in under ten minutes, which at the time was beautiful. But I also felt very aware of are we screwing Frontier over? With with are this. we bombarding them with too much traffic? Yeah, are, are we flood, are we de- do I, basically doing a denial of service? Yeah, so here. that um, in particular um, that, that determines how many files it'll try and download in parallel, um, and that you know increasing yeah. that to some crazy value doesn't necessarily make things faster. Um, it also depends on how fast your hard drive is. So if you're still if you still have mm-hmm. Elite Dangerous installed on a an actual spinning mechanical disk, a hard drive. Um, you still have you have to wait for the slowness of that, you know, for files to be written to the to the slow hard disk. Uh, whereas compared to, do people still use real hard drives? Hi, Keith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you have it on SSD, Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Um, it's not as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, I I think <laughs> I think as soon as we started mentioning threads, I think we, I could hear people in the in the uh, 
the non-technical people in the in the chat room begin to go, oh God, they're they're talking foreign languages. So um, I, I think we're going to to to, to wind this one up. Um, well, oh, I'm is is oh, his Discord's crashed as well. So uh, hopefully he'll be back. Which is a bit of a pain. Um, oh, I think I I would like to do one wrap up in. Anything that we have said or done does not count as an, as an endorsement. Despite mm. the fact that I might have been using this for a while, I do not endorse this product. Um, and if you happen to use it, then use it at your own risk. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I must admit, that it does have a, its advantage. I mean, I actually I like this tool because basically I get really annoyed by the fact that when I use my normal launcher, um, it comes up and says, right, I'm putting you into VR mode when I don't want to be in VR mode. So obviously the slash no VR is is a blooming godsend. But yeah, uh, yeah. again, it is one of these things which is a, a use at your own risk. So uh, yeah, if you have issues, uh, you know, don't send them to Frontier. Uh, send them to send them to me. Send I will them. also add. Can I just add really quickly on the back on the back end of this, just very very mm-hmm. very quickly that I have like during during this conversation, obviously. Um, as the, as someone who is very very particular about who we platform and what we platform and all of those sort of like forward facing things, you you know you knew that while this was going on, I was obviously going to be reaching out to some people from Frontier, and I was just uh, getting confirming confirmation from them that it, just to confirm and double down that this is very very much not an official thing and not supported by Frontier at all. They're aware of it, but they've got nothing to say on it at the matter. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, you've. So, I would like to thank uh, Dwight for uh, for turning up, and it's been it's been fascinating. I've, I always think that programming in Linux is a bit of a dark art, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, my hat is off to you, yeah, sir. Yeah. I appreciate uh, you guys for having me on here. I actually had had no idea this sort of thing existed in the elite community. Um, pretty cool, you guys do these things you know however often you do them every week or so that's yep yep pretty cool <laughs> every yeah. week this this every is episode 100 and, yeah 400 412 isn't it yes four, yeah nine years <laughs> of my life gone i just think you know that <laughs> and you're not getting it back the oh. game you know has you know awesome stuff and some some stuff you wish it had but i have to say that the community around elite really provides a lot um i think it's a, a pr- pretty unique for for uh all the games out yeah. there yeah yeah I, th- I think i it's one of the most unique uh gaming experiences where you have organizations like the fuel rats and and the hull seals and and i don't think there's any other game that would generate people uh generate communities like this game seems to no, so. Elite does have, it's got great community stuff. Always has. <laughs> okay, um, well, uh, we are going to, to move on from there. Um, we can actually finish off our discussion about the the old ships in Elite Dangerous, because there's actually, there's not that many of them left. Um, we managed to get all the way through to the um, the Panther Clipper, last last week um and let's let's just say this way about the panther clipper everybody wanted that one in 
I, I wasn't just hearing things. Everybody wanted that one in, didn't they? Yes. Quite apparently. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but we'd never asked Ben. Ben, the, the the one universal ship that everybody wanted was the Panther Clipper. What did you have any memories of it? Oh no, because I still didn't play Frontier or Frontier First Encounters, although I am obviously aware of it. Um, well, that that was helpful. Right. But, <laughs> but 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 like you guys said in last week's show, mm-hmm. my god, I have always wanted the Panther Clipper in. I want the game to support larger than Doc Max ships. And I want the game to encourage ships without frameshift drives to deal with that kind of thing. So I am all for the those little shuttles and things like that that we were on about last week. Colin? Uh, right. Okay. Well, um, we've got about less than well, about 10, but uh, we'll just see how, how this goes. Um, it seems that we're sticking with the, the, um, the Clipper theme because... Uh, one of the the next ship that's on the list is the Puma Clipper. Um, now, the Puma Clipper, as I as I look up the the stats on this, um, was basically a smaller version of the Panther Clipper. Your stepping stone up to up to getting to it. Has anybody been able to look over the the stats and see whether it appeals? It's basically a Type Nine. Yes, I think that would probably be the the equivalent. If it's Type 9, then I'd, I would argue, what's the point? Uh, that's what fair enough. Type 9? I've used one before. A Type 9. I love the, not no, I love, no, that's what I mean. If, if it's a Type 9, why do we need another Type 9? Uh, Bants. Top Bants. <laughs> Actually, it, looking at what it can carry, it could probably carry twice what's in the Type 9. And, uh, yeah... So basically, the Panther Clipper wouldn't be able to fit through the slot, but the the Puma Clipper might. I don't know. It depends on whether or not... I mean, you guys didn't really want the the bowler in it before, so, you know, maybe I think the Type 9's enough. Um, Well, moving on to the next one, we had the the Seiker Mark III. Now, this was the starting ship in uh, Frontier First Encounters. Uh, Basically, and when you started in Frontier, um, it was a <laughs> you, you started out in an eagle, uh, but this is this is a slightly bigger version of an eagle, I think. But effectively, it was just meh as far as I was concerned. Has anybody else had a chance to look over this one? I'm looking at the picture. Aesthetically, I like it. Yeah, it kind of, kind of looks. It reminds me of a Trident fighter. There's a there's a there's a, an old TV show called Ulysses Forty, uh, Ulysses Forty One or Thirty One or something, um, and basically they had enemy fighters that looked like that. Yeah, Wait, I like the, yeah. they. They look like swept forward wings. I find that quite unless I'm, unless it's the other way around. I'm assuming the pointy bit's the front. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that's the cockpit, <laughs> the pointy bit at the front. Uh, it, it did have a quite a nice animation because the uh, uh, the engines at the back kind of rotated. Which uh, it looked cool, but you couldn't work out what if there was anything fascinating about it. Uh, what about you, Psychic? Does this 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 design appeal to you? It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's uh, it's a bit bonkers, but um, it's all right. They're all a bit bonkers, though, aren't they? If they can, they might look might look nice in a picture if it's changed. Yeah, well, if you think that's bonkers, you need to pop over and have a look at what the skeet is. 
<laughs> this thing here, basically, uh, mm, it's a blob. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Where's the front and where's the back? Full disclosure. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I clicked the skate sticker, but I was looking at the ski. <laughs> oh, you were looking at the ski. Yeah, no wonder you you thought that the it was... Yeah, you, this, this one is absolutely bonkers. Basically... Um, <laughs> just imagine it it's kind of like a, a a circle but with with a huge bridge at the top but the thing is that huge bridge that kind of nut section spins round <laughs> that's where the bridge is so basically you got the ship going forward and it just spins round I thought that was a lid I thought you could just unscrew the lid and tip all the people your cockpit just keeps <laughs> rotating Yes, effectively. Just think of it like the um, uh, the rotating sections in, in Babylon 5. Yes, but that's like... The rotating sections in B5 make sense because they're going vertically and you're still... On this, unless you're flying up the way, this makes no sense. Because you're like, I'm facing forwards, now I'm facing to the side, now I'm facing backwards, even though we're flying that way. It flies itself. It's fine. It's not a problem. You don't even need to look where you're going. It's perfectly fine. This is this is my head cannon right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. It'd be like trying to drive the post office tower down Oxford Street. <laughs> That's exactly it. Well, I'm yeah. in the rotating mess. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm looking at that and thinking, yes, that okay. I like the rotating sections, but you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Yeah, it, it makes sense having the rotating section like that in the Imperial capital ship. Yeah. Because that's only for the the guests and the passenger sections. The actual working gubbins of the ship are still in zero G. This is just weird. You prefer the Rosananti way of creating gravity by just having everybody flying at one G. Well, one third of a G, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, right. I want to play chips in the game, but I think that's a step too far, even for me to keep. Yeah, yeah, that's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the spa. Now, the spa just looks effectively like the uh, federal fighter. Oh, it's like an eagle. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's the SLF. It's an SLF, isn't it? It it looks to mm. me like a, like a version of the. Uh, someone's managed to put a hyperdrive on 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 the F sixty three. Um, I don't think we need this. I think the, the F-63 is fine. <laughs> what about you guys? Yeah, yeah, we don't need another fighter that looks exactly the same as a previous fighter. I'm yeah. down for more fighters. I just want to clarify that point. But um, not not one which looks exactly the same as the other one. Let's vary it up a little bit, eh? Yeah. Um, on the subject of um, varying it up a bit... There's a ty- uh, tyrosel? I can't even pronounce it properly. It is the, yeah, the only thing that it says about this in the description is, is it's the swan of the space lanes, brackets, a very elegant craft. And I look at it and I think that's about as elegant as the Veruca on my foot. Yeah. Um, no. If if it was a Gutemeyer Imperial ship that has been claimed to be the swan of the spaceways, I can understand it. But unfortunately, I don't think Gutemeyer even looked at it. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to work out which way up it is. It's not a very flattering image. 
No. Apparently, no. teal is um, the male hawk, especially peregrine or goshawk. There you go. Type of bird. Well, they're, they're sticking with their bird out, uh, bird things then, at least. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's. Yeah, I, I do have a place in my heart for luxury ships and things like that. And, you know, there is definitely a place for... You know, riding around with a with a, I don't know, a hot tub and a swimming pool and you know and things in your, you know, if you, if you're looking for that kind of kind of thing and and so on, you know, this ain't that though. Yeah, uh, yeah, I th- I think that's a hard pass from me. Don't yeah. know about anybody else. You know, I, I could re- if it were reimagined into something that didn't look like a pile of shit, I could live with that. Yeah. That pretty much goes for every single ship on the ship. It wasn't reimagined so it didn't look, you know, a little bit boxy or a little funny, um, a funny ob shape. The Cobra is still a little bit boxy. This this was cutting edge graphics in 1995. I believe it, Colin. I believe it. Yeah, but the, 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 the Cobra and ships of that ilk. Have trans have made the transition very well into elite without being drastically different to how they were portrayed, even so far back as as elite eighty four. Yeah, well, I mean that's the, the just this is just the- weird. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, let's leave that one alone and go on to the Tiger Trader. Now, I'm sorry. As soon as I've seen this, it's the T nine. Really, I I thought Asp Scout the minute I looked at the shape, but it's but it's quite big, isn't it? It's big. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. basically this. This is the judging by the the mass size and the payload size. Well, this is the the Frontier First Encounters equivalent of the T nine. Apparently, it has its own fan club. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all these these older gentlemen who take it out on a Sunday afternoon with driving gloves. Um, yeah, I don't think we need the Tiger Trader. I think we've got uh, it's been superseded by the T9, in my opinion. Um, anybody else? I like it. You like I, it? I don't know why. I just think it looks neat. <laughs> I think it'd be fun reimagined in its fancy, um, in its fancy, in like fancy Elite Dangerous graphics. Like a, I don't know. Would it be but somewhere between maybe? The Type 9 and... Type 7? Type 7, yeah. Is that right? Are you on about the legendary Type 8? Hold the fucking phone for a second, Colin. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it might be a bit fun, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I guess, I mean, looking at the dis- the... The disadvantage is the thing is is shields are right weak, so I guess if you did something like a you know, like a that maybe had sort of slightly less capacity than a Type Nine, but had sh- even shittier components and access to shittier comp- and only access to shittier components. Yeah, you get the T seven. That, that could be the <laughs> the T eight. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So. Hang on, are you guys outvoting me here? Is that, is that two for, for the Tiger Trader and me against? Wow. I, I, I can, because the Type 9 is actually, yeah, I, oh. Okay, I'll do Grand Proud and say the Type 9 is actually not a bad ship. <laughs> yeah, you, I, you can engineer, you, well, not even engineer, you can just normal 
stuff a Type 9 to be quite a capable vessel. Mm. Oh, I love my Type 9. Yeah. So if you have a ship that has the, the capacity of the Type 9, but there's nothing you can do and it'll still be shit, that oh, could right. be the but Type 8. Want yeah, you want, you want a, a, a Type 8 to be basically... Um, it can carry cargo and it can die, and that's all yeah, it can do. Exactly. You know, it can jump three light years if you're lucky, that kind of idea. You know, give it a size one cannon. <laughs> and you're not allowed turrets. <laughs> well, I haven't got the room for. The, uh, no, you can get turrets. Can you get size one turrets? I don't, can't remember now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you can get size one turrets. Otherwise, okay. you can get the. the the mining laser turrets on, on the sidewinder, could you? Oh. Right. Um, next, is we're moving on to a favourite of yours, Ben. <laughs> the well, transporter. transporter. Yep. Hmm. This which, basically uh, looks like a cheese wedge. <laughs> which transporter are we talking about? Eagle, Griff, Iron Ass, Classic Frontier, or Oolite? There appears to be lots of different transporters. Yeah, but they're all the same shape. Ah, Okay. <laughs> They're all the same shape. They're just interplanetary vessels, and um, that's it. Yeah, I, I like the Griffin. I remember Griff Industries from Ulite. Uh, sorry, I'm just getting. I'm just remembering things there. Oh, um, that, that's the one thing that passed me by was Ulite. I loved. I loved Ulite back in the day. Um, yeah, yeah it's, I it's, mean, it's, it's a cheese wedge. Um, yeah. As, as I was saying earlier, give me a ship that doesn't have an FSD. <laughs> and ideally, if I can have a couple of these sticking, at, uh, you know, a couple of these essentially sticking out of my Panther Clipper, I'd be even happier. You know, not even in, you know, don't bother. I don't want to take up the full room of a barge. Just dock the bloody things in. Oh, like you know, like the shuttles in Serenity, where yeah. they kind of stick out. You know, you just have a couple of these. Glued to the side of the Panther Clipper. That's all you need. Be great. Yeah. Um, well, next up. Well, is it, what about everybody else? Sorry. And um, the transport of Psychic. What, what do you think, mate? Mate, you just put words into my mouth. I'm not. I'm not bothered about this ship. <laughs> We've seen other ships that are very similar. It's only interplanetary. It can get in the bin. That's what I'm concerned. <laughs> Ah oh dear. Well, what is it? Do you swipe left or swipe right? I can't remember. I can't remember. I, I've got no idea. I've been married for ten years. How am I supposed to know these things? All of oh, these apps were created post my being married. <laughs> we had to. We had to rely on internet dating back in my day. Hold on, guys. Can I just say something? Mm-hmm. I've just been made elite. What? I've, I've finally gotten to combat elite. Oh, nice. Who did you shoot down? Uh, Somebody in one of Chris Newell's bases. Was this third promotion? Yeah, third third promotion to Elite. I finally reached Combat Elite. So you're now Triple Elite? Yes. You're only a year behind me. Well done. Now you've got to be... Now now it's... Now um, I need to get Fifth Dan or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, you need... No, 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 no. You need to be Exobiologist Elite. 
and you yeah. need to be mercenary elite. That one you should be able to do. I've seen you murder people. Uh, yeah, but I... I, I yeah. yeah, and, and then, then you go to CQC And elite. then CQC. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does CQC elite. Come on. Do. <laughs> there are eight people, according to Inara, who are CQC elite. And I, can, and I, I know one of them is Chig from Loose Screws. That doesn't surprise me much, yeah. And then there's Musketeer as well, but yeah. Yeah. I think he, yeah. I think he's um elite five in CQC at the moment. It's unbelievable. Ben, Ben, Ben. ben. You know what you're doing now? Go and put what? on your triple elite decal. Oh I do, don't I? Yes. You okay. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll go and have a look at my triple elite decal. There's only three ships left. Let's quickly run through them. There is the worm. <laughs> I don't care I don't, what it does. I love care. the I love Absolutely the name of yes. it. Yes. Absolutely yes. <laughs> Effectively, this is what the escape capsule looks like. We, we yeah, actually okay. had this in a meager elite. If you shot a ship too much, you see a worm being shot out from it, which was effectively their escape pod. Um, you could then shoot that, and another escape pod would come out, and they could scoop that for slaves. But yeah. Okay. There are, now the next one. Um, I th- probably the only one to have seen this is the Wolf Mark II. Now that was only available in Amiga Elite. It was that rare; nobody's even got a photograph for it. <laughs> but all I'll say it was, it was it looked as if you took everything in the ASP and shrunk it down. I'm sorry, <laughs> you took everything in the uh, oh god no. Ah, <laughs> uh, and we now have our show title. <laughs> Take well, well, hang on, I missed it. Ass. Take everything in the ass. Perfect. Perfect. Good to know. Hang on, wait a second. I'll make it Latin. Okay, clip that bit. Well, psychic taking everything in the ass as well. In Latin. In Latin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got to translate everything. Every rude double entendre has got to be translated into Latin. That's how we're doing it. Right. Yes. Oh, according to Stephen. Asher, uh, the Wolf Mark II was uh, available on the welcome stream for the for the game, so it was on the ST version and on the Amiga version. Um, yeah, so yeah, so if you want to see a Wolf Mark II, that's what they look like, shrunk up. They've got a couple of pointy bits at the front, and to tell you the truth, um, yeah, it flew almost exactly like the Asp. So I don't know, maybe if you want an Asp with a bit of variety. Perhaps. Mm. Uh, oh, Alex just posted a link to the Wolf Mark II in, in Oolite, which, yeah, that that's it. <laughs> and the final ship uh, is the Wyvern, or the Wyvern, whichever way you should pronounce it. Oh, I'm not being told. Were you, were you waiting for me? Now. Were you waiting for me? It's Wyvern. Yes, I was waiting for you to, to basically... Go, uh, charge in there with your, your with your two Wyvern. wings. Wyvern, the the word that you're looking to pronounce is it? Is it? It's Wyvern. It's not Wyvern. Katie's telling me it's telling me I'm wrong. I'm certain it's I Wyvern. Have, I think I just said Wyvern. Yeah, that's another vote for Wyvern for me. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Interesting. Oh no, it is Wyvern. Sorry, that's my entirely my entirely my fault. Well, hang on, hang on. Uh, if everyone has Wyvern. to take a drink. Uh, a shot if I get yeah, it Even wrong. Google say it's Wyvern. I'm trying to translate taking it up the arse. <laughs> where did the arse, where did the R come in from? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> are, are we in for another Latin show title? I don't, I don't know are. what's going on anymore. I, it, 
that ship sailed like an hour ago, mate. <laughs> well, this this is supposed to be the another equivalent to the ASP. And basically, it it was just basically a crap asp. So it's it's kind of like a um, an asp scout, really. <laughs> Do we really need another asp scout? What I find unfortunate unfortunate about the Alioth wiki quote is it um, talks about how the ship has fallen between two stools. I rather feel like if you've already dropped two stools on the ground, and <laughs> you probably don't want to drop this one in the middle. Yeah. And the verdict on this one is actually is no contender for the Asp Explorer. It packs a few more tons, but is much, much slower. Avoid. I like the look of it. I can't quite work out which way around it is, but it's got a very unusual shape. The the um the blue bit at the end that actually spins round and that's its engine. So Almost, it's, okay, that's the back of it. I thought that was yeah. the front. No, no, that is basically, it's like a, a pyramid, but with a, a spinning engine back at the back of it. So it's kind of like something out of Stargate. Yeah. Alec? Seriously, actually, because we've had a few of these ships that have quite unusual design. Um, you know, who can forget the ship with the giant ball on the back that was its engine? <laughs> I just, I just, um, I wonder whether Frontier have slightly... Uh, kind of, what's the word? Not not crippled themselves exactly, but whether there's too much law involved in how our engines in Elite Dangerous work, that it right. doesn't really li- leave room for these experimental things in terms of law, because you're kind of, you know, it, it used to maybe not matter so much, but now, in if you dropped this, for example, in Elite Dangerous, had it coming out of the space station, people would be like. What kind of drive is that? And how, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? So we have turned into the carry on, carry on elite dangerous. This has turned into me. What do you mean turned into? <laughs> ah, dear. Right. We shall, we shall move on. Uh, well, I hope you've enjoyed the um, in depth examination, which has taken us three weeks to go through for all the old ships. Um, it's certainly been a laugh that's for sure um i don't know whether or not we'll actually see any any new ships we hope we hope we will eventually but uh right now as as we all know that they're preparing for update 14 so on um, moving on from there the community corner this week well we've got sort of four items we have this liner as produced by the High Week. Um, the High Week has yet again come out with another fantastic animation um, showing why you do not, and you do not argue with a beluga. That's all I'm saying on it. We won't spoil any more of it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm great. Gonna... The, always great. The High Week is, is awesome as ever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put out the usual calls for um, the CQC Discord uh, on a Tuesday. They have the uh, the plasma uh, call out where um, between six at night and eight, you uh, you all do a team or a straightforward death match just using plasma cannons. And of course, on Tactical Thursdays is Capture the Flag Night. Um, if you want to know more about that, pop over to the CQC Discord, which we'll be uh, giving the address to. Um, the AXI are also doing their usual Finance Friday thing, especially um, since there is a anti-Thargoid uh, CG happening at the moment. 
uh, pop over to their Discord uh, and feel and find out all the details. They're very, very helpful uh, when it comes to squashing bugs. Um, and finally, we have had a new HCS voice pack announced. <laughs> Do you know who it is? 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 You guys yeah. are going to be more excited because it's Ivanova. 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 Yeah, Christ, I don't know how it's fucking pronounced. I don't watch Babylon 5. Claudia yeah. Christensen, that's Commander Ivanova herself, and snogger of um, of one member of the crew, I do believe. Oh, sorry, what was that, Colin? <laughs> uh, oh, nothing. You know me, Ben. <laughs> um, yes, she is now... But didn't, didn't that happen at Blackpool or something? What? Okay, I'm I'm obviously getting confused with something no, else. What, what are you trying to say, Colin? <laughs> plays in Blackpool, stays in Blackpool. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think. I think that's if, what everybody said. If If you're trying to get at the story that I think you're trying to get at, <laughs> and murdering, yes, I have met Claudia Christian, and mm-hmm. yes, I have. You know, this is ni- 18, 19 year old me. And yes, 18, 19 year old me did get a hug off of her. Uh huh. Um, I also shook Richard Bricks, uh, Richard Biggs' hand. And I don't remember who it was. Her, I think it was, it wasn't Veer. Um, it wasn't Stephen First. Who else? It was at the Star Fury convention anyway, down in London in the late, two th- in the late 90s. Well, the the um, upshot of all this is uh, basically our favourite lieutenant uh, lieutenant commander slash with, commander with very nice models. With as, as as she's yeah, I am the great expanding Russian 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 uh, front or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> but I, I'm, yes. I am watching, and I'm still watching Babylon Five. Uh, I'm still going. For, I'm in the big first half of season two now, and it's the episode where they all go on diets. Oh, that one's good. Yes, that was quite funny, and it's also no, got no. some good lore in it as well. But the the no, diet, not a diet. It's not a diet. It's a, it's food, a food plan. plan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Claudia Christensen is will be doing a HCS voice pack. That is the one that I have been nagging for for absolutely ages, and uh, yes, that's practically a guaranteed sale from me. So <laughs> we will move on to mostly clueless. Now we've got Little Big Yin. Little Big Yin has uh, has uh, dropped this into into our laps, which is so. If you want to land on a planet, and when you use the thrusters to move down towards the planet, but it takes you past past the happy to land bit, you can instead of using the thrusters, you can toggle FA off, and it will generally just drop you down at five foot at a time. It makes for an easier uh, descent. I've never done that before. I've never switched flight assist off when doing a uh, a, a drop like that. Alec? All the t- I do it all yeah, the time. So it's a great tip. I can totally vouch for that. I've been using that a lot. Um, so on this ice ridge I was talking about at the mm. start of the show, um, there's very few places to land. And, yeah, if, you're, if you use your thrusters, then you only have to be slightly tilted, you know, left, right, forwards or backwards. Um, and your thrusters are taking you not you know not just down but slightly off course. Um, whereas if you if you take FA off, if you turn FA flight assist off, you're just going to drop vertically. So um, yeah, it's good. It's a good little tip. Excellent. Um, well, thanks for that one. A little begin. Um, now we've got a little bit of uh, any other business, which 
which we we'll quickly cover. Um, obviously, last week, No Man's Sky version 4.0 released. Um, so I've done the usual thing, which is basically wipe my ex- all my existing saves and start all over from the beginning. And, uh, yep, really... Really enjoying it again. I get to about 30 hours in and then it, it just kind of loses it for me. But apart from that, yeah. Um, it's like it. Uh, yeah, they've also got, um, for anyone who is interested, they also have Twitch drops on this week from Thursday until Monday. Mm. Um, they're doing Twitch drops for No Man's Sky. So anybody, like any streamer who has drops enabled on Twitch, you'll be able to get get some drops on and they're pretty substantial it's normally like for you watch for three hours and you get five different lots of stuff it's more substantial than just like 30 minutes for two aspects explorer skins or something like that yeah it's it's, it's a cool drop and they're different every different every day cool ben just while we're talking about uh amazon stuff the the second um amazon the second middle earth game uh shadow of Whatever the hell the second one was, not um, no Shadow Mod is the first one. There's a second one which I can't remember the name of. Right, um, but anyway, that's going for free on gaming.amazon.com as well at the moment. Um, the full game of that's available on GOG, I believe it is. Cool. But you, you, you. So you, you go onto the gaming.amazon.com and then you say, okay, can I have that, please? And it gives you a free game on on Good Old Games. Uh, and they have had the the first Shadow Shadow Morgor as well, which I'm assuming this is all some kind of Amazon tie-in with the Rings of Power, which I'm thoroughly loving. But but yeah, I just thought while we're talking about that, more free stuff. <laughs> more free stuff. On the subject of stuff that's not free, um Dual Universe has finally released. Um it's does look as if the launch has been a bit buggy. Um, not Odyssey and No Man's Sky buggy, but it's still um, been a bit of an issue. It's one space game I've still got to investigate, so uh, I'll be looking into that at some point in the near future. Um, anybody else had a look at Dual Universe? No. no? I have no. it. <laughs> oh, you've got it, have you? I have it. I have it. Um, when I was talking to... I've, I've I've spoken to people who have recommended it to me. Um, when I the last time I saw Tommy from Two Angry Gamers, he was like, "I think you would really enjoy your universe. We play it all the time, and it's really good fun." And I've seen Bognogus playing it quite a bit as well. So mm. um, he like both of both. Yeah, it looks like a really interesting game. I'm cool. quite excited about it. Yeah, uh, and of course, um, it'd be hard to miss, but uh, Star Citizen, Citizen Con happened. Um, mm, uh, I guess we, we could do an entire show on that, but uh, I think we'll we'll lightly skip over it. <laughs> I think several people have already done several shows on it. Yes. Uh, you, want, you want a lot of angry content? Star Citizen's where you go. Wow. Just, I, w- I would disagree with... The salt that you're implying there, but that's maybe maybe I watch different streams than you do, Colin. Yeah, I, normally it, I, I'm influenced by massively overpowered, which have gone from uh, we we want to see this work to oh god, we're sick and tired of it now. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I, I will try. I promise, I will try some Star Citizen again. I, I will. It's just. 
is I don't think it's high on my priority list at the moment. Yeah, I as as little Buggy saying, any game you will find grumpy people in it. That is the way of gaming. Very true. And, Very yeah, true. As we we're saying about oh, having Tom earlier in the stream is like we want developers. God, why can't they play the game? But we want developers. But this developer promises this. But we want developers. But if a developer says something and you hold them to it, we'll not give you more developers. But we want developers. But you're not playing the game. Make your fucking minds up, people. Yeah, and it seems that um, a lot of people are getting angry about the No Man's Sky. According to Wintermute GP here, No Man's Sky has caused a lot of angry con uh, people with the new update. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody can win. No. You are, are damned there, if you do, what? you're damned if you don't. Um, are there drops? We don't do drops. Um, but then again... <laughs> uh, I'll drop something to... for you if you really want. Please yeah, don't. no, you don't, you don't want to drop from Ben. <laughs> you're going to drop your new LP right now. <laughs> I'll just drop the mic. Oh, thank God that's all he's dropping, right? Anyway, let's do some shout-outs. Um, our sister station... <laughs> Hutton Radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Truckers or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com For the discerning commander that uh, likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Um, we're also giving shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. Um, so, hello to Flight Assist. I know you're on hiatus but uh, we hope to hear from you soon. <laughs> Seriously. Um, guard Frequency, obviously, we mentioned them um, earlier. And, of course, the good old Loose Screws over there in the States. So hi to hi to you guys over there. Um, now, following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Wotherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. Uh, and very, we'd like to thank everybody who has uh, chipped in on the Twitch chat. And how many in-game commanders have you, th <laughs> the three Stooges, have to deal with? Uh, Mark, Gamox, Ventura, and Marthrius. Oh, and apparently Bethella is here somewhere. Cool. Wave to him for me. And right. So special thanks go to Commander Tokuso, JN Trax, and Alan Stroud, who have created music for the show. So that is it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, and you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat. You can go that to yeah, you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Now, do get in touch if you've got any questions or if there's, if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, good night to Ben. Good night. This, this, this every single time, I'm just half expecting someone to go tubby bye-byes. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> good night to Alec. Thanks all. Have a great week. Good night, Psychic. I've got 07 commanders. And, of course, special thanks, of course, go to um, Dwight for, I think, are you staying up, are you staying up late or have you got up early to do, put, take part in the show? That's about three, three in the afternoon for me, so I'm, I'm good. Oh, that, that's, not, that's not too bad. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate having you on and uh, it's, it's always nice to talk Linux. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, special thanks goes to uh, I think it's the Chris Mark 4 today. It is Chris Mark 4 today, yes. <laughs> he, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, Chris stepped in at the last minute because uh, Putin had a uh, spot of real life. Oh, dear. Um, well, let's hope it gets better soon, Putin. And thanks for the alpaca, Chris. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Galnet News Digest, 11th of October, 3308. We read the news, so you don't have to. In this week's news, it's all about Thargoids, Stargoids and Fire Gods. We round up what's happening and where. And with the promise of pre-engineered heatsinks for those fighting the Thargoids in Andikavi, we remind you that you can't trust promises made by Sirius. All the news recently has been about Thargoids, or the influence of Thargoids. Even Princess Ashling's charity fish and wine supper was in aid of those who died fighting Thargoids in HIP 22460, and although we don't have any proof, we'd be amazed if the Stargoids didn't turn out to be some kind of Thargoid device or technology. It seems pretty certain that within the next month or so, something is going to happen to shake the galaxy up. And it's going to be something Thargoid. So, what clues do we have about what this momentous change might be? Following the Proteus wave disaster, HIT 22460 has been run by a special sort of extra vicious Thargoids who can disable Guardian technology and who follow and attack any human pilot who dares to enter the system. There's an area of some tens of light years around that system where hyperdictions are not the normal checkpoint, but are immediately hostile. 
There was a roar of triumph, of pain, or perhaps a summons, issued from HIP 22460 when the Thargoids gained their victory there. The one-time Project Seraph test subject D2, Xiao Jin I, brutally treated by azimuth biochemicals and now in the care of Professor Albert Tezro of the Achenar Research Council, claims to know what the roar means, perhaps as a consequence of having been briefly wired into a Thargoid scout ship five years ago. Possibly not coincidentally, a number of gigantic flares, which may be an indication of something huge travelling through witch space, have in recent weeks started approaching the human core systems from the far side of Barnard's Loop. At the last count there were five of these flares, which have been nicknamed Stargoids because of their spiral shape, which seems to be made up of Thargoid Green and Guardian Blue. And that takes us back to HIP 22460, because the Proteus wave involved using vast amounts of Guardian technology funnelled through one of the Thargoid structures there. The Thargoid structures are believed by some to be face-planted giant spaceships. There were two pulses of energy from the Proteus wave device, the first one designed by Salvation to disable Thargoid ships, and the second that can only have come from some Thargoid intelligence that reversed the effect of the first, disabling human ships and bringing the Thargoid ones back to life. It seems that the Thargoids have learned to assimilate Guardian technology and subvert it for their own purposes. And since the day the Proteus wave was fired, every active Thargoid structure has been capable of converting Guardian relics the long blue crystalline prisms, into something different, a green version of the relic, known for now as an unclassified relic. Professor Palin and Ramtar value these unclassified relics highly, and will pay good money for them, but the key point must be that whatever message was sent out from HIP 22460, whatever communication there was with the Thargoid hive mind, all Thargoid structures across the galaxy simultaneously learned how to process Guardian relics. The Thargoid hive mind has been updated. Not all Thargoids behave like the HIP 22460 Thargoids. Some unusually benign invasions of Thargoids have been visiting human-inhabited systems, fighting back when attacked but not causing any damage to starports, and after a few weeks drifting away again. They don't seem overly concerned by our attempts to destroy them, and they certainly don't seem to have the anger that the HIP 22460 Thargoids have. The reaction of humanity to new, more aggressive Thargoids, and to five giant flares making their way purposefully towards the bubble, is diverse and often extreme. While the majority, as the graffiti found in stations indicates, are afraid of what might happen, two groups are much more positive about the coming of the Thargoids. The Fargod cult, previously used as scapegoats when the Thargoids attacked, are convinced that the Stargoids are their deity, come to destroy humanity. Once again, they have been blamed for what the Thargoids are doing, especially in the Federation, where they've been accused of being spies and saboteurs. The majority of the new radicalised sect of Fargod worshippers the true chapter, seem to be in federal custody, but some of the Fargod cult has escaped the Federation and are living on the Penitent and Testament megaships in an unknown system. 
The Thargoid Advocacy Project is a secular pro-Thargoid group. They believe that if we can only communicate with the Thargoids, we can end the cycle of violence and learn to live with our multi-limbed alien neighbours. The superpowers are at present not cooperating. Having broken up Aegis and having seen Salvation and Azimuth Biotech fail dramatically, they're all trying to develop independent anti-Xeno strategies, working on the divided we are stronger principle. The Alliance is leaning heavily on Sirius Corporation, which is failing to deliver anything much of use to assist the Alliance. The Empire has turned in on itself and is pursuing isolationist policies. The Federation is passing the time blaming the Far God cult for everything that's gone wrong. Bizarrely, the two failed anti-Xeno organisations, Aegis and Azimuth, are both still on the scene. Aegis was disbanded, but Professor Tezro wants to get it back together to bring the superpowers back to some form of cooperation. Azimuth Biotech remains in charge of Mbune and Titori and still has pretensions to becoming a force in the anti-Zeno industry once again. Aegis currently has custody of Xiao Jin Ai and it may be what the former D2 can tell us about the Thargoid Roar and its consequences, together with Palin and Tar's research into the unclassified relics that may prove the most interesting lines of inquiry as we wait for the Stargoids to come knocking. Way back in April, Admiral Nicholas Glass of Sirius Corporation made a promise. He'd previously used pre-engineered heatsink modules as a bribe to keep Riort within the Alliance, when the Riort Mining Coalition, disgusted by the Prime Minister selling out to a mega-corporation, wanted to declare independence. But Sirius wanted to give something back. When they deployed three new megaships to defend the Alliance's colonies in the Coalsack and Witchhead Nebulas, Admiral Glass, who is the Sirius representative on the Alliance Council of Admirals, promised that the pre-engineered heatsinks would be made available at these megaships for anyone to buy. That was on the 13th of April. The heatsinks were never made available. And that is why Admiral Glass is now, six months later, able to use them once again as a sweetener to get pilots fighting for the Sirius Alliance Coalition Operation Tyndarius against the Thargoids who've temporarily taken up residence in the Andikavi system. Will Admiral Glass ever deliver on his promise to make these modules available for all? Can we even trust him to hand them out to those who've earned them in the anti-Xeno conflict zones? You'd be a fool to trust Sirius. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.